BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. I tell them I'm not like the rest. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast with Kenzie Elizabeth. If you guys are new here, welcome. I am so glad to have you. Today, we have such a special guest. I am over the moon. I have moved this recording up in front of like 10 others because I am, I'm just so excited. We have Eli, otherwise known as The Jar on TikTok. I am obsessed with her. Like I'm clearly fangirling. I think she is like the best content creator that the world has ever seen. I am in love with her. I think she's just so great. Her, everything that she gets across to her audience is just, it's so powerful. Like she's just an incredible person. She's so fun. If you guys don't follow her, you're probably living under a rock. She's blowing up these days, but rightfully so. She is just my favorite follow ever. She's also in the middle. Well, actually she's not in the middle. She's starting. Well, she's not in the middle. What am I trying to say? She just got a book deal is basically what I'm getting at. I didn't know I needed this. It's coming soon hopefully. And I'm so excited to read. She's also the host of the Miss Congeniality podcast, which we recorded an episode on hers that should be up shortly. I'll be sharing it on Instagram. She's just literally the coolest person ever. I have wanted to have her on the podcast for probably a year now. And we finally made it happen with her. I wanted to talk all things post-grad because obviously this show is really geared towards a lot of like navigating your 20s. But we are the same graduating class. And I think we're kind of in the same, not like life phase, but I feel like we've gone through a lot of similar things with post-grad. So we're talking about the post-grad blues. We're talking about feeling like you're lost and you don't know what you're doing and you're so confused and loneliness, making new friends, breakups, not liking your roommates, not liking your roommates' boyfriends, not liking your friends' boyfriends. We're going everywhere. And I think that this is truly like the post-grad survival guide episode. Send this to your friends who need it, okay? Before we get into the episode, I did just want to say the New York live show tickets are available. Eli, I actually think is coming. She told me, so I'm pretty sure she's coming, um, as well as a lot of my friends. So Margot Ostray is my guest. Um, I'm really excited. It's June 20th in New York City at City Winery. I will have it linked below. We have general admission tickets, and then we also have VIP. VIP, you just get in earlier, and there's going to be like a fun little meet and greet, and I want to meet as many of you guys as possible. There is a cap on VIP. So if you want VIP, by the way, when you're on the website and you go, you need to click GA first and then it'll let you add VIP at checkout. I know a lot of people are getting confused and that is how you do it. Also, I have been traveling for like weeks at a time. At this point, I went to Scottsdale. I went to LA. Then I went to India for Stagecoach. And then I just got back from New York. It's been crazy. There's a lot of vlogs. So if you guys want to just sit back, relax and catch up, 
after this episode, go to youtube.com slash Kenzie Elizabeth. Also, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I kind of have become a little bit of a TikTok star this past week. Like I'm feeling really good about it. Kinsey the Texan. It's so funny when I meet y'all in person because so many of you guys are like, oh my God, Kinsey the Texan. Like I really love the movement that we've made here, you know? So without further ado, let's welcome Eli onto the show. And again, don't forget to go listen to the episode that we recorded on Miss Congeniality. I will share it on my Instagram when it comes out. Also, weekly, by the way, we do giveaways. So if you guys comment on the podcast post on my Instagram, Kenzie Elizabeth, just comment your favorite thing from the episode or hearts or whatever. I give away either a breadwinning housewife hat or a coffee tumbler, your choice, weekly. I always tell my Geneva girls this. I never tell the podcast this. So um, just go comment on the post. It's a video on my Instagram. And then you're entered to win. Anyways, love you guys so much. Without further ado, let's welcome Eli to the show. Oh my God, I am so glad that you're here today. Ah, I'm so happy to be here too. I have been looking forward to this for weeks. I know. We've been like low-key planning this for a while. I feel yeah. like we always knew that we needed a collab. We always knew deep down. It just like, like had we to had a feeling like yeah. <laughs> it was coming. If something was happening. Like we're just too similar to not. Yes. And we're also, all my friends are obsessed with you. Like my God. you, my friends who like aren't even... I actually cannot stress this enough. Like my friends at home are so <laughs> normal and like they are not super into like internet stuff. Yeah. All of them love you. Oh my like, God. They, you are everyone's favorite. I'm like, I am equally like, we're, like watching the stories. We're obsessed. I love it. I love it. I'm kind of like this crazy like fan on your Instagram. Oh my God. Like, no. I don't know if you've noticed. We but... always chat on Insta. Okay, good. I was just like hoping I wasn't overdoing okay, it. Okay, well, the thing is like people, because my DMs are like loaded because I yeah. answer them. Yes. So the problem is like it, even though I have less followers than so many people do, I probably get more DMs because I like actively answer them. Absolutely. But because of that, I can also recognize like if you DM me or like if anyone, like I see when my mom DMs me, like my friends, like maybe occasionally I'll miss something, but I'm pretty good about like being able to like just answer when yeah. actual people. Do you get overwhelmed by the amount of messages you get on Instagram? Like yes and no. I mean, it's like really easy to set a boundary to just like not reply or like not open them, I guess would be the best um, way to say it. And like my followers are really like, I think because of how often I do the question boxes and like with the amount of energy that I do them, they're really good about like if they really need something personally, they'll bump me. But otherwise, like if I don't respond and then like a week later, I respond to something else, but I don't address like the first message. Like they never like, I don't know, they don't push back like because I think I'm delivering in other ways. But yeah, it can definitely be overwhelming. I like my first management company that I had was like, you have to get out of the DM trenches because if you're spending three hours answering five people, you're just completely ignoring the other like 40,000 whatever yeah. amount of people that you could be like doing things for the masses. So like, I think I've gotten to a place where I'm like better off now than I was. I just think about when I'll do like question boxes or answer DMs and stuff. And I don't know what it is. Like nothing really about Oddly enough, nothing really about social media gives me anxiety, but my DMs do because yeah. I feel like I want to respond to everyone, but it just like something about it like stresses me out. I don't know why, yeah. but you people don't realize how much emotional energy that takes for you. It like does. 24-7. You literally, it's like every day. It's like every day. I do it Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and then like this Wednesday, like for example, like the Wednesday before this recording session. I just was having like a day where like my brain wasn't working and I was like, there's just no way I'm answering these today. But then I started to feel bad because I was like, what it is for me is that people like put the box and they like take five seconds or however much time that, that it is to actually ask something that they want an answer for. And that to me, like, I don't take that lightly. So then I'm like, oh, fuck, like these people dedicated their time. I want to dedicate time back to them. But I think everyone's really understanding, which is good. <laughs> yeah. 
I always think that like even someone commenting on an Instagram photo, I'm like, that is so nice. Like yeah. for someone that it actually is because that's also time. But yeah. like, I don't know. I just feel like that's like a really nice thing. It's a nice thing. I totally agree. Okay. So I want to do kind of like rules for postgrad with you. Okay. I've been getting a lot of questions. My podcast, little background. I started talking about navigating your 20s. Okay. And like, what a hit. Big, big hit here they on the Reality So Much podcast. Okay. Yeah. So I want us specifically to talk about like navigating kind of post-grad. Okay. Like what are your post-grad feelings? Okay. So I graduated in 2020 for those who don't know from the University of Michigan, but I didn't technically graduate because I was sent home in March. So I went home in March. In August, I moved to the city to go to Columbia Journalism Program for a year. So then I got my master's for a year. I graduated a year ago now, like literally this weekend a year ago. And so I've been kind of navigating that for the past like two years. I think that like my feelings are like kind of twofold. So the first one is that like my college experience was amazing, but I think it was a lot different than other people's where like I didn't feel like I peaked in college. And I actually think that college was more difficult for me than it was fun and exciting. And so I I kind of push back against the notion of like college is the best four years of your life because I frankly had a better time in postgrad. My first year of postgrad was really rocky, but the second one has been absolutely phenomenally better than all four years of my college and the first year of postgrad combined. So I can't stress it enough. Like I don't want college to be the best four years of my life. I don't even want this year to be the best year of my life. Like I want to lie on my deathbed and say like 45 was the best year of my life. Like I want it to keep getting better. So like that's one thing that I think is like really big for me when I think about postgrad. But the other thing is like, I think that there's this pressure to have it figured out in postgrad in your 20s. And like a lot of people like look at it like, oh, it's the time to have it figured out. But I actually think the 30s are the time to have it figured out. Like 20s are the what the fuck am I doing time. And if you don't treat it as such, you're not going to figure out what the fuck you're doing. And then like you're not going to get to like celebrate that like calm after the storm in your 30s. And like I really do believe that to be true. Like I really didn't know what I was doing when I graduated college. I didn't know what I was doing when I was at Columbia Journalism School. I literally didn't even know what I was doing probably until like last fucking week at this point. (laughs) I still don't know what I'm doing. And I think like I don't want to know what I'm doing. Like that could be reserved for like when I'm 30 years old. Like this is supposed to be the what the fuck time. And so I think that's how I feel about postgrad. I think there's a lot of like stuff out there that makes people feel like it's like now is the time for the real world. College is over. Fun days are over. And I'm like, it's just like a pathetic way to look at the world. It really is. Do you think we ever really like have it figured out? Like, no. Like, yeah, I don't either. Because like, what is life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I feel like we're always just moving and trying our best. I don't think Absolutely. anyone ever has it figured out. I had a kind of similar experience. I mean, I graduated 2020. I didn't okay. go to like grad school or anything, but I liked my college experience kind of and part of it I really didn't like at all so I was not someone who peaked in college by any means in fact I think I thought I liked it at the time I think I was like kind of gaslighting myself a little bit too also like at that time you see all of your friends who are at like other schools and I didn't go to like a big university anyways but like you see people having so much fun and whatever I think I just like made myself think I liked it but now looking back my life has gotten since graduating college I cannot tell you how much better my life has gotten with that being said, my first year out it was tough. <laughs> it was tough. It was because like I have my career. I've been doing this since high school. Like yeah. I didn't I didn't really think I was going to have like the postgrad blues because I wasn't like transitioning into a new job necessarily. Yeah. So I just thought I was exempt from that for whatever reason. Totally. No, spoiler alert, it didn't happen. And I I feel like I had like the biggest identity crisis yeah. that I'd never really had before. I like kind of was born and was like, this is who I am. And yeah. then post-grad, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm so confused. 
So I had a similar experience and then I really was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't like uncertainty, which unfortunately is like your entire 20s. Yeah. Went to a lot of therapy, read a lot of books, did a lot of like work. And then it ended up being like the past year of my life has by far been the best year. No. So far. literally, Like absolutely the best. I'm the same way. But I just think it's important to say like I didn't really love my college experience oh, and yeah. that's okay. I'm the same way. So many people, I mean, most of my, I have one friend who I know who didn't oh. love her college experience. Everyone else around me. I literally have one friend from college. Like, <laughs> yeah. I literally have oh, I don't have that many from friend. college. I have like my three from yeah, college. Yeah, like I, I'm just like, it wasn't it for me. <laughs> it was not it for me. But I love like your school pride. Like I really, yeah, I do love Michigan. And like, to be, to be fair, I had a friend group of older kids and they were yeah. in the theater school, but we weren't like, we were a friend group that would like go pregame watching shows and theater. And like, that was my nerdy things that I love to do with my friends. And then they all graduated and they left me or they were younger. And so, but in like, quote unquote, like cool kid vibes of Michigan, like Greek life and whatever. I had one friend that was like in my grade and like, she's my person, my best fucking friend in the world. But I, I don't know. I have like an incommensurable amount of pride for Michigan, like because it built me, but it also like literally destroyed me at yeah. the same time. All right, y'all. So many of us are burned out and we don't even know it. Symptoms of burnout can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and more. I know for me, my anxiety gets even like higher. It's just, it's not the vibe, okay? I think oftentimes we associate burnout with work, but that is not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead us to feeling burned out. And BetterHelp, one of my favorite sponsors, BetterHelp Online Therapy, wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. I know we're talking a lot about the post-grad blues and just feeling really confused in your 20s in this episode specifically. And something that has helped me so much has been talk therapy. So I cannot recommend BetterHelp enough. So if you guys are unaware, BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It is much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's also great if therapy feels a little bit more overwhelming to you because you can do it on a webcam, you can do it just over the phone and you can do it from the comfort of your own home, which I find makes me feel even more comfortable. So luckily, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the I Love You So Much with Kinsey Elizabeth listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. That is betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Kenzie. I'm Sinead Grimes-Beach. And I'm Annalyn McCord. After years spent playing best friends on screen on 90210. And fighting like hell behind the scenes. Ah, yes. How could I forget? <laughs> we made it out of our time in Young Hollywood on a show that shared names with the most iconic zip code in the world. Bonded for life, but not without a shit ton of baggage in tow. Now we are back together letting it all hang out on our new podcast, Unzipped. Tune in and unzip with us and our brilliant guests every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's start off a little bit with like post-grad blues or whatever yeah. you want to call it. We're going to go into like making friends post-grad and like living your best life as well. This is actually perfect timing. I didn't even think about no, this. No, yeah, we're in like about to hit graduation for a lot of kids. Wow. Okay. So congrats, everyone. I didn't plan that. It wasn't intentional, Literally, but I'm feeling really good about gonna the You're going to rock the world. We're proud of you. <laughs> we're really proud of you. Okay. So post-grad blues, let's, let's speak to the recent college grads yeah. right now. 
what do they need to hear? That's a really good question. I think just like grab it by the balls and know that you can do anything. <laughs> no, I'm serious because no, yes. I'm literally not kidding. I moved to New York and I would wake up every day and be like, fuck this. I literally am depressed. I don't like it here. And I was just filling my world with negativity and thinking that I couldn't do anything because nothing was coming to me. And I was like trudging to my classes and like going on dates and being so bitter and angry. And then I remember I went and visited Allie, my best friend in December and she had accepted a job in San Diego after graduation, San Diego, San Francisco. What the fuck? I don't know, California. She had accepted a job in San Francisco. <laughs> she was planning on moving there. She's from Arizona. She was quarantining in Arizona. And she just got this gut instinct that she really didn't want to do that. And so she quit her job in San Francisco, flew out to Chicago, checked out the apartments, literally did not know that many people there, found an apartment, texted somebody from freshman year, found her in a room with her. Then she got this amazing job, met the love of her life, has an amazing friend group and was fucking thriving. So I go and visit her in December of 2020. And this is my first traveling since like yeah. the, the pandemic at all. And I'm like, wait a second. Like she literally just grabbed it by the balls. She said, I'm depressed and I'm unhappy. I'm going to change that. And of course, we're not talking about like deep depression. That's when you need therapy. That's when you need like actual help. Medicine, we're talking about like, like yeah. yeah, she was just having a depressive streak. And like she decided to just take advantage of her own happiness and like just grab it by the balls. And she literally did it. And so then I was sitting in the airport and I just had this breakthrough of like, why can't I just be positive? Like, why can't I just like the law of attraction states that positivity out, positivity in. So if you're filling the world with positivity, if you're walking around and being like, today's going to be a good day, even if you don't believe it, fake it till you make it, eventually that's going to start coming back to you. And that's exactly what happened to her. Like she was being so negative Nelly, but then she just switched it and was like, I'm going to be positive. Meets the love of her life. Amazing friends, amazing job, thriving, love Chicago. She's from Arizona. She never thought she would move to Chicago. And so I think like that is the exact thing that you need to do. You need to grab it by the balls. You need to realize that like anything is, you're allowed to do anything. There's no supposed to, there's no should, there's no have to. Like all you have to do is like grab by the balls and like do the thing that's going to make you take control of your own happiness. And I wish I did that a little sooner because it took me a while. I would say also like, we've already said this, but like no one knows what they're doing. Oh yeah. So don't freak out. Even we were on FaceTime with a friend from college last night and Dom is my actually best friend from college. Okay. Like we went, people think we like met through social media. Dom and I met in college. She didn't have a social media oh presence. And then she went viral from like graphics, like over 2020. Yeah. Anyways, we were on FaceTime with an old college friend and he was just saying like, hey, I'm really not happy with my job, yeah. my career path, whatever. And I was like, I, I totally hear that. And that is valid. And like, obviously make the moves that you need to make. But it was more so like there was like shame kind of like, or like more pressure. Felt embarrassed or something. Yeah, so. kind of. Yes. Like, and I'm like, it's so common. We don't need to know what we have. We, we do not know what we're going to end up doing no. for the rest of our lives. I'm like, there are definitely like career moves and there's so many things about my life that I will end up having and loving that I yeah. probably don't even know that I like right now. Literally. So it's like giving yourself the freedom to change your mind, to also know that you don't need to have everything figured out right now, yeah. which is a lot easier said than done. Like everyone told me that. And I was like, but like, I do need to figure it yeah. out. And actually, you really, really, really don't. And then I would also say, like, lean into both the uncertainty and then also lean into the world around you. Like you were saying, like, yeah. you were not very happy. It was a hard time. And I think, like, I loved, I love living in Dallas. Like, that yeah. has been my postgrad experience. But I, at that point, when I was like, okay, I'm kind of miserable. I don't know what I'm doing, whatever. I wasn't really leaning into my life in Dallas. Like, I was yeah. just staying home all the time. And, like, 
I had gone through a two year period where I was a really big homebody before the pandemic even started. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I think at this is my life. I like want to go see my friends and hang out. And so I reconnected with so many old friends that I yeah. had from home and then made a lot of new friends and then just made my life in Dallas like my dream life. Yeah. But that's because I leaned into it and I did. I basically did what you ended up doing. Like I was like, I can't. You just chose to be happy. Yeah. Like I can't complain and sit here and be like, okay, I'm like miserable and then not make yeah. any difference. So I really did like invest into the relationships around me, the life, like the life I was building, even like my daily habits in Dallas Yeah, and like night and day difference. So like 2020 me, which I'm sure everyone feels this way, but like pandemic aside, 2020 me versus like 2021, different Literally. person, like different Absolutely person. different person. And I think also like people are always like my dream job, my dream life, blah, blah, blah. Like I really shy away from those phrases because I think like your dream is something that you don't even know is possible. Yes. And maybe there is a chance that the quote unquote dream job is your dream job and you get it and it ends up being your dream life. But I think that that verbiage can be so harmful. Mm -hmm. So I also threw that away. Like I stopped actually saying a very like, good point. I stopped saying like dream school, dream job because what I'm currently doing right now is my dream life. And I didn't even know that it existed, that it was possible for me, that it was out there. I didn't even know it was like an opportunity, a thing, something I could go after. Like, so I stopped using that because I was like, my dream was something I didn't even know existed. So that's how I feel about my life. So it wasn't necessarily something that I was like working towards. Yeah. So that's actually very just like point. happened. It just happened. And I'm like, I couldn't imagine better. Obviously yeah. it will get better, but that's actually a very good point. Yeah. I would like to introduce y'all to a clean skincare brand called Fleur B. Their line of 100% vegan and cruelty-free skincare products are packaged with nourishing, effective botanicals, and you won't find any nasty ingredients like parabens, sulfates, or artificial fragrances in any of their products. Fleur B encourages you to take a moment every day to treat yourself with the best nature has to offer. Their products are carefully formulated to give you healthier, happier skin so you can look and feel your best. Fleur B is also conscious of the environment and all of their products are made using renewable wild energy and 100% post-consumer waste packaging boxes. Another reason I love them is that they give back 1% of every sale to a charity called Days for Girls, which provides menstrual care and education to girls in need. So they are the full package. With Fleur B, you get ethically made, clean skincare that won't break the bank. All their products are affordably priced at under $40. To check out their product line, just head to fleurandbee.com. That's F-L-E-U-R-A-N-D-B-E-E.com. To sweeten the deal, you can use I love you and get 20% off. Just head over to fleurandbee.com. Again, that is F-L-E-U-R-A-N-D-B-E-E.com to place your order now. And if you happen to live near a Rite Aid, you can pick up Fleur and Bee products there as well. They also have this incredible starter set. It is a three-step skincare routine that is only $50. Incredible. It includes a cleanser, a moisturizer, and an eye cream. So literally everything you need for glowing and hydrated skin. Love that. Okay, so let's talk making friends post-grad. Yes. How have you mainly like made friends? Yeah. Okay. So I'm super lucky because I'm from the area that I live. So like I live in New York City, but I'm from New Jersey and like my whole entire high school like actually is here. Like my best friends from high school are here. And then like a lot of people from college, I'd say like Michigan splits up pretty nicely where it's like New York, Chicago, like some people go to the West Coast, but it's like hardly. And so I think like a lot of people that I know are already here. And then on top of it, social media has made it like tremendously easy for me to make friends and connect to people. Yeah. Plus my family's here, plus my boyfriend. But I always say, and I cannot stress this enough, 
Facebook groups and like joining like meetup.com are two of the best ways to do it. Other than like everybody always says, go to workout classes, go to cooking classes. Like classes are really good and going to things frequently is really good because then you're going to see the same people. And even if they're not going to become your friends, maybe they're just a connection that you can make. Like, okay, that girl's at the yoga class every single time when I'm there. Like eventually it's like a familiar face. Eventually I'll probably talk to her. But I think Facebook groups and meetup.com are great because it's all people looking for the same thing. And I also think that that's why Bumble BFF is also so awesome because it's like all people looking for the same thing like literally I have um a Facebook group for my followers and girls have found roommates through it they've gone on trips together like there's just like so much and it's like it's crazy I'm like holy shit like this is insane like people are literally finding lifelong friends through this and I think if I didn't have the outlets that I do plus the like wonderful ability to be so close to like so many people I know I would definitely use Bumble BFF. Like there's no shame in that. Like it's the same thing as going to find someone to date using Bumble. Absolutely. So I have same thing. I don't use my Facebook group anymore. I use like my Geneva group. Okay. But I have, I'm not kidding. Every single day in Dallas, someone comes up to me and is like, oh my God, I met my best friend through that. Even last night I'm in New York and there was a group of girls who went to my friend Claudia's show who like went together from the Geneva chat. Yeah. It works. I literally see it. 24 seven. Yeah. I'm similar in that I grew up outside of Dallas. So when I moved to Dallas, so many of my friends from home live there. My cousins live there. My family lives there. Like I did have a lot of like built-in friends. And then also with social media, I've made so many friends just from social media in general. So I do feel like that's a little bit of like a cheat. So I'm honestly in the same way, but I am so passionate about the Geneva chat. Like I have, I cannot tell you how many people have met and made friends. Like I literally meet them all the time. It works. But if I lived in a different city, I would be doing that. When I first moved to LA, obviously I had friends from like social media before that. Yeah. But a lot of my friends too that I met were like friends of friends. Like I would go somewhere. You just had to be open too to talking to people, which I think is like, it's really easy to be like, oh my God, I have no friends. And then you go somewhere where like you would meet a friend, but like you don't talk to anyone that you don't know because it can be scary and it can be overwhelming. Yeah. But you have to like put in the effort to have a friend. You have to be a friend. Literally. So you have to put in the effort and start talking to people. Yeah. Which I know that sounds kind of stupid, but like I've done it. Like the amount of times I've gone somewhere and like only talked to the people that I knew unless I'm like meeting someone that they're introducing me to. So I think that also being open I will say Dallas specifically is like a very friendly city. Yeah. So it's a lot easier. Like you actually do make friends at like bars, whereas in like a lot of other cities, people say like you don't. Yeah. But I would say also like just being open and then any other new friends that are like really close friends of mine in Dallas were also like college friends of my high school friends. So it was through friends, you know? Yeah. But also like let your friends introduce you to their other friends. Like that's how people meet each other in general all the time. And that's how I've met like some of my, actually my favorite friends. I'm like, I love the originals too, but like, I do love those people. Yeah. But I think that that's like a really big thing. Totally. Okay. Let's talk about roommate problems. Okay. Yeah. I get, I'm sure you do as well. I get an unbelievable amount of the same question, I will say, like I've been dealing with roommate drama. Yeah. I've had so many conversations with them. Nothing's helping. Like 
what are your best tips for living with roommates when it's maybe a more negative environment? Okay, yeah, that's a really good question. So for me, like I've been really lucky to say that all of my experiences have been like generally really positive. However, when I was a junior in college, like most of my followers know this story, but like Allie and I were supposed to live with this other girl and then she really randomly had to drop out of school before we moved in. And she was like, had already signed the lease. The landlord was like the only way that she can get out of it. Like the only way I'll let her out of paying for it is if you guys move into a five bedroom with three random strangers is we'll dock your rent, but we need that three bedroom unit. Like they were, they wanted to fill the unit. So like they wanted to be able to make money. So we were like, fine, obviously, because we didn't want our friend who dropped out to have to pay a monthly rent for an apartment that she wasn't going to be in. So we did it. And one of the guys was just like, it was just really bad, like almost restraining order level. Like he was just scary and like bad. But anyway, like he was just, it was just bad. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I, like what we did was we basically just like communicated with him one time. We're like, this isn't working. We're not having any conversations that are working. We're just going to all agree to be civil. We're not going to really talk to you. You're not really going to talk to us. If you see, like if I see you in the kitchen, I'll say good morning. I'll say hello. But like, do you do your part. I'm doing mine. We're not talking. And we just did that for the year and it was literally fine. Okay. That's it was so fucking advice. easy. Like all we did was have a sit down with him because like eventually it got to the point where like, we just like couldn't formulate any conversations that were doing anything whatsoever. And so we just decided to be like civil. We were like, okay, we're not friends. We all share the space. Like Allie and I had our own bathroom. He had his. The other two guys had their own bathrooms. Like I don't really cook and Allie like hardly cooked. And like there was two living rooms and one of the living rooms was in between me and Allie's bedroom. So we basically just stayed back there. We're like we'll stay out of your way. You stay out of ours. I'm like, is that ideal? No, it sucked. It was kind of awkward when we had to see him in the apartment. But like at the end of the day, like I literally remember that year of like that was the farthest thing down on the list that I remember from the year because it was like so easy once we just decided to just not be friends with him anymore and just be completely civil and like not talk. Yeah, that's actually a genius way to deal with it. It was just so easy. Like it was just mature too. Very mature. Like we were just like, all right, like we're all going to just cohabitate. Why does it need to be a whole thing? We don't need to be friends. Like clearly this isn't going to work like that. I had really positive experiences with roommates as well. But I will say like even looking back on it and I also grew up in a family. I literally had like eight siblings growing up, like oh six of them stuff, but so many siblings, which I think really helped me yeah. to be able to live with roommates. I like think back to certain things that I maybe didn't voice or that annoyed me or I was like, whatever, or like certain arguments that like another yeah. with another. And I'm like, that was just so stupid. Like yeah. there's so many things as you're young too. Yeah. And it's your living space and you'll get really caught up in it. And like, that's also kind of your world. Yeah. There's a lot of things I look back at now and I'm like, why was that even an argument? Or like, that yeah. was just not worth it for what it's worth. But I do think that's a really good tip because yeah. people do get to that point more often than not. Yeah. And like, if, if you are just having like one or two problems, like always just address it like cordially and like don't accuse, just try to come to like a happy medium. But if it keeps happening and you can't do that and you also don't want to be their friend, there's no reason why you can't just like lay out a guideline. Like we literally just laid out boundaries. Like you don't talk to us, we don't talk to you unless we have to. Yeah, that's actually perfect. Like we all pay our rent separately anyways on a portal. Like we don't really need to converse with you at all. And then like the last week of school, like we talked to him again, like for a little bit. We're kind of just like, all right, like this is over now, but like good job. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what are your best tips for being a good roommate? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I'm a really non-confrontational person. So like you have to take that with a grain of salt. But I think like when something's bothering you, voice it immediately or otherwise you're going to resent them. Like if somebody isn't taking out the trash and like I hate when people are like, so what I did was I just left the trash piling over until I saw if they were going to take it out or not. And then they didn't. So I finally had to. I'm like, why didn't you just ask? Like, what yeah. the fuck? It annoys me so much when people are like, she wouldn't clean out the fridge. So I just left it festering and moldy. I'm like, 
but you, she's not cleaning out the fridge. So she's not gonna when it festers and molds yes. and don't do it for her. Instead, just ask. And then if you ask and ask and ask and she's not answering, then like you're gonna have a bigger problem on like, or if she's not like communicating. So I think like just immediately communicate when something is up and something is bothering you. We have like like rules set up that we do. Like we like don't leave food on like in ba- in bags. We always just trash it right after we eat. Like we don't leave dishes in the sink. Like we're, I mean, me and my roommates are like, it's kind of a perfect situation. But like we set up a couple rules that that's like, you know, everything's good in that way. And I also just think having the same priorities as your roommates is really helpful before you move in. I know not everybody gets to choose, but like we all have the same priorities. We all go out the same amount. My one roommate has a boyfriend. The other one has a lot of friends and she has them over a bunch. And like, we just know like that she's always going to clean up like that when we have a party, like everything is sparkling by the next morning. Like we just have the same exact priorities. Like we lock the door, like we're all on the same page. And so like, that's really wonderful. But like, we knew that going in. And so I think like preemptively know what you want from a roommate, preemptively know what your friends are like in those situations. And like, it's okay to say to a friend, like, I think that living together might stifle or like hurt our friendship. And I don't think it's a good idea. Like preserve your friendship. Don't rush into a living situation with someone that you know you're not going to live well with. And also like say that. I have so many, like yeah. you, I think all of us have been in so many situations or seen so many situations where so-and-so thinks they're moving in with someone and then the friend's like, I'm not living with them. And then yeah. it goes on. I've seen that actually end like multiple friendships in LA. I think being upfront from the start, so whether it's like, hey, I don't think that we should move in together or when you are moving in together, I think having like a really clear conversation at one of my like houses, we did this and it was like, okay, what would really annoy you? Like, what are your boundaries? What, how do you feel about, obviously we never like walked into each other's rooms, things like that. Or I'm like cleaning if there needs to be like, we never ended up having, like we never did like a chore chart because no. we just like didn't need to. But like for some people that works, you know, like whatever it is that works for you guys, I would try to do that and get ahead of it like immediately. Yeah. And also it's having a roommate is, I'm not a very confrontational person either. Yeah. Having roommates is a very good way to exercise having like hard conversations with people that you yeah. would normally avoid. And it's actually normally... From from my experience, every like hard conversation I've really ever had was so much scarier in my head than it actually ended yeah. up being. It's really not as bad as you think. And naturally, I think we're always going to like catastrophize and thinking. Yeah. But it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah. But you're so right. Just have those like very clear conversations and then you're not going to get into issues like about the trash or about like people barging into your room or like if like if you want to have a rule that like, you know, we don't have guests every single night, like lay that out in the beginning. Yes. The earlier you say it, the better, and it will save you a world of problems. Literally. Are you daydreaming of your next beach getaway or are you more of the not touching the water type? No matter what your speed, Macy's is bringing you all of the island vibes. They've got must-haves like tropical printy flow skirts and top sets. You know how much I love a matching set. Okay, guys. They also have cutout bathing suits and jelly sandals to match. Jelly sandals are really cool, all right? They're really making their way back. Plus, they have got the cutest dangly fruit earrings, bucket hats, and so much more to add to our little or major bit of oomph. And Macy's gets that you have enough to plan before your vacation, all right? So their personal stylist will help you put your look together either in store or from the comfort of your own home. 
Best of all, it is totally free. So head on over to Macy's.com slash personal stylist to book your appointment today. That is Macy's.com slash personal stylist. I don't know if y'all know how expensive a personal stylist can get. And the fact that they are offering it for free in store and also from the comfort of your own home is literally unheard of. Absolutely incredible. So you have a nice little island breeze, like island vacation or really anything coming up. I'm telling you, save your time and save your money by going to Macy's.com slash personal stylist. They are going to hook you up with the best things. I have never heard of a personal stylist being totally free. That is absolutely insane. And also I would do it from home personally, because anytime I can stay at home, that's what I'm choosing. All right, guys. So again, Macy's.com slash personal stylist. Send me pictures of all of your looks. I want to talk about like dating and being single. Let's start with dating. Okay. First off, you guys are the cutest couple I've ever seen oh in my, my entire God. life. Let's talk like dating apps or just like how to meet a partner that maybe could be right for you. Yeah, that's a good question. I think dating apps are the really like the way to go, especially like, post pandemic. Like, I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to be on dating apps. Okay, that's fine. My one advice if you don't want to be on dating apps is go to places where a future partner would be for you. So if you want to date somebody that's like into beer because you like breweries, then go hang out at breweries on the weekends. If you want to date somebody who likes books because you like to read, then go to bookstores and like author readings and like signings. If you want to date somebody who likes art, go to art gallery openings. Like you have to do things like that in order to meet people that like are actually going to be like lasting individuals that could actually like be a partner for you. Like go to places where a future partner would be. I think that's like my big one. But I think dating apps can be so great because it's like people are like, I'm so embarrassed by them. I think that they're so this or so that. And I'm like, your parents were probably super embarrassed calling each other on their fucking house phone. (laughs) It's literally just the modern version of that. Like your parents like just probably met like randomly like at a random bar or something like or like in class or whatever like you can still meet like that but it's also just like a really good way to like get comfortable with dating I think and like yeah if you're burnt out from it take a break like you don't need to be I always say you don't need to run into traffic like looking for a car to hit you because it'll probably slam on its brakes like you're allowed to just cross the street without looking both ways and like let life happen to you but I think like keeping yourself like active in the dating world if you do want to date it's like fun it's so low stakes like I'm such a like who cares mentality person but it's really like okay, you go on a date and it's not good. Like, who cares? Next mm-hmm. one. Like, that's their loss. They're not the right person. It's the universe just guiding you in a different direction. So I'm I'm really big on, like, just do it. It's fun. And, and the stakes are, like, so incredibly low when you're dating, like, just casually. Like, you're just meeting someone for the first time. It's either going to work out or it's not. You don't have to look at them like a romantic partner, like, the second that you meet them. And I think in our 20s, we get, like, really, really, like, upset when, like, something doesn't work out on a first date. And that's totally valid. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, if you just looked at it, like I'm meeting someone for the first time, it might be romantic. We might end up being friends. We might never talk again. Like, okay, the stakes are so low. Like it's either going to be a funny story to tell your friends or a second date and that's it. Yeah, that's a really healthy mentality. Yeah, I think it's just helpful because people get really, really like in their own head about dating in your 20s, especially in New York. People are like dating in New York sucks. I'm like, I don't really get it. I don't think it does. There's so many people. Also, New York, people actually date. Yeah. Like in LA, people don't do that. Like yeah. when I'm visiting friends in New York versus visiting friends in LA, my friends in LA haven't been on a date in like two years. Yeah. And like New York, it's like they go weekly. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. cold. It's, I people, think it's way better. Also, there's a million things to do. Yeah. If you want to go on a date in New York, you can go to a comedy club. You can go to a gallery opening. You can go see a show, a concert. You can go to dinner, drinks, a cooking club. Like there's a fuck ton of things to do. There are so many people. I don't, I don't get it when people say dating in New York sucks. 
maybe it sucks because everyone's super driven and in their own lane, but like somebody eventually will let you in their lane if they think that you're, if you're right for each other, you're going to let each other in each other's lanes. Like Mm -hmm. people are in their own lane until there's somebody worth it, I think. What about living your best single life? Okay. I like love a single era. I think like I always say like being single and being in a relationship are pretty equivalent. Like one is not more superior to the other. Like they're the same thing. If you know what I mean? Like people are always like, oh, I'm single and all my friends are in relationships. What if it was like, oh, my friends are in relationships and I'm single. Like it's the same. Like there's no like moral value to either of them. There's not a hierarchy. No, they're the same. Like one is not better than the other. And I think you would rather be single than be in a relationship that doesn't serve you. And we forget to tell people that. And I think casually dating and like casual hookups and like having like a single girl phase or era is so fun. I did it in when I first moved to the city and I loved it. I loved going on dates that meant nothing. I loved like hooking up with guys that I like would never see again. Like, I just think it's, it's empowering if you, if that's what you want and you just block out the noise. People like, why are you single? Like if someone asks, why are you single? I would literally ask them, why are you dating someone? If someone asks, why are you dating somebody? I'd be like, why are you single? Like, I just don't like when people ask you what you're doing. Like you do whatever you want to do that makes you feel the best about yourself. I'm like, that's enough. Yeah. I'm in my single era and I've gotten to the point where like I love being single so much that like the thought of like a relationship at this point, it's just like I'm not there, you know, yeah. but I love being single. It is so much fun. You have so much freedom. You have yeah. the least amount of responsibility that you'll probably have for the rest of your life. Like, and I mean like marriage, kids, like as yeah. you keep going on and on, you have a lot more time to just like be selfish and make your own decisions just because you don't have to like account for someone else, which that doesn't mean that that holds you back. It's just like you have less people that are like giving opinions on things on what you should be doing. Being single, you just like truly have so much freedom, which you should also have in relationships. But I literally just mean like there is one person and there's two people. Like you do think about them when you make decisions. So I love being single. It's very fun. I've invested so much into friendships. My relationships around me have like never been better. Not that they were bad before, but like I just have so much time. Like I'm young. I can travel with my friends all the yeah. time. I can go do this. If I want to be in New York this weekend, I can be there. I can do this. And like, again, not that I wouldn't be able to do that in a relationship, but again, I, I just am so free and I can do whatever I want yeah. and I don't have to think about anyone else. Totally. So there's a lot of pros. I feel the same way you do. I've never looked at being single or being in a relationship. Like one's not good. One's not bad. You know, it totally. just like, works out. But I will say my single era, I was in a very serious relationship before and like, for anyone who's like going through breakup, like now, thank God we broke up. We were so, so, so not right for each other. Yeah. But I think sometimes like, especially in college, you have like blinders on and you're like, no, this is my person. Yeah. And everything about my life has just gotten not as a dig towards him, like literally at all. I hope this is probably the same for his life. Like everything in my life has just gotten so much better. And I think that that's just kind of like proof that like I'm on the right path. Yeah. And I wasn't before. Being single has been like so much fun. I've learned so much about myself. I've like, I just think everything about it has been so great. Yeah. And when I eventually meet someone, that's also great. But like, I'm really, I'm living my best single life now. Well, and it's great. Also, once you meet someone, it's like you put the work in to like develop this lovely relationship with yourself. That's like so fulfilling that like, you don't need them. You just want them in your life. And I think that that's like such an important distinction, like to not need them, but just to want to have them around. All right, y'all, at this point, you probably know that I am a golden girl. I wear golden jewelry all the time, specifically their necklaces. Like, I'm pretty bad about wearing jewelry every day besides like my hoops and my ring. But since I've introduced golden into my life, 
I am just so inspired jewelry rise. And I think it's because I have this beautiful looking jewelry that is so nice that doesn't break the bank. And it's also personalized. So I just love it. Their mission is to make it by hand, make it personal, make a difference, creating connections and giving back through every purchase. So the jewelry is incredible. They have modern personalization options that just allow you to create a piece that tells a story and there's a million ways to make it yours. I love anything that's personalized. It's also incredible for gifts. I've been buying birthday gifts for my friends in advance because, you know, I've been loving Golden. It's so cute, okay? Also, each piece is handmade just for you. You can choose your metal, size, and personal inscriptions to be hand-stamped by their makers. Every piece comes with a letterpress, gift-ready packaging, a handwritten note, and a jewelry care kit. I actually just got back from traveling and I had a new package from them and I was unboxing it this morning. And like, it really is truly a luxurious experience, all right? They also offer, this is actually crazy, a happiness guarantee on all of their pieces, even personalized. I've never in my life heard of a happiness guarantee on personalized jewelry. Like, that's crazy. It's also incredible. I love the company as a whole because they believe in empowerment through craft. So they provide local craft workers in the Pacific Northwest with jobs, working within a process that reduces waste, recycles scraps, and increases material sustainability. They also donate 10% of all profits and more through special collections. They send these to organizations that support their core causes of education, liberation, and community building. Golden is female founded and run with a workforce consisting of 80% women which we love. So you guys can use code IOYSM at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Visit golden, it's G-L-D-N.com to find the perfect piece and make it yours. Again, that's code IOYSM at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Okay, let's talk about that because I feel like that is kind of hard for some people to navigate. Mm -hmm. How do you like navigate that? Yeah, so I think a lot of people say like you have to love yourself before someone else can love you. And I just don't disagree. I just completely disagree with that. I think it's entirely unrealistic to expect human beings, specifically women, to love themselves 24-7. I literally don't. I'm very open and honest about that. I think it's the most unrealistic thing to tell a woman to love herself 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's not going to happen. It's also like a journey. Like it's like, and you can do that more and more as life goes on. Like you're never... I hate the idea and I think a lot of a lot of things in life push this idea that you have to be in the perfect spot and the perfect place, the perfect relationship with yourself to then get into a relationship. No. And I think that's very I toxic. I think that's so stupid. Also, you can fall in love with yourself more watching somebody else fall in love with you. Yeah. I think you have to respect yourself before somebody else can love you and you have to know yourself before somebody else can love you. And with that in mind, like if you fully know who you are and you're confident in that and you respect who you are and you're confident in that, then when someone comes along, you're just going to want them around, but you're not going to require them. Like, I don't like, I mean, breaking up with my boyfriend now would be like probably the most devastating thing I ever went through. Like, I don't want that to happen, but I don't need him. I want Mm -hmm. him. I don't need him. Like, I'm going to see him tonight. And like, I'm so excited because I want to see him. I want to be around him. I miss him. I haven't seen him in a few days, but I don't need to see him like I've been so fine for like five six days on my own sleeping by myself like chilling like whatever you know and I think that that's really important like the want versus the need because if you need somebody then they're going to start resenting you because it's like an analogy of like gas tanks so if you are a human being comprised of like 10 gas tanks one of them is for your career one of school one of them is for your family one of them is for your friends one of them is like your romantic life like you can't expect the romantic life person to fill up all the gas tanks like they are they're only supposed to fill up the romantic one And they're hopefully going to overflow it, but like they can't be in charge of filling up like your self-love tank and your career tank and all the tanks. Like they're only in charge of one. You can't rely on them for all of it. And I think that's where we get into trouble because like 
Either somebody will rely on us to fill up all of our tanks or we'll rely on someone to fill up all of our tanks. And then you just start resenting them. And I think that's kind of what I mean. So I don't think that's where you've always been at though, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, so how did you go from like kind of like almost the opposite of that to getting to like a very stable place? Yeah, so I think I realized like that I relied really heavily on male validation and affirmation throughout college. And like when I was in my like first year of post-grad, I was really like struggling with that. And I was like, you know, I've been single for a year and a half. Like, I really want to have a boyfriend, but like, it was definitely for the wrong reasons. And I was like going on a bunch of dates and nothing was working out. And then one day I realized that I just like didn't have to be going on dates if I didn't want to be. And then there was no time in my brain I could think of when I was truly ever single, like single and not dating, single and just alone and fine with that. So I forced myself to do it and like get off the apps and just like not talk to anybody. And it was super uncomfortable. But in that time, I realized that I was relying on one person or like just a guy, any guy to fill up all the tanks that he could. And like, that's just unrealistic. Even when the guys sucked, it's still unrealistic because they're not going to be able to fill up even their tank if they suck, let alone the rest of them. You know what I mean? And I just realized like the romantic tank is like probably the last one on the list that you're required to fuel yourself to keep going. Like you need your self-love tank, your self-respect tank. Like for me, I need like my career tank because I love what I do. I need my family. I need my friends. Like, and when all those tanks were getting filled up by the right things, I like felt so energized again. And like, I really just like felt reset and knew who I was. And then I met Avery when I wasn't even dating like or wasn't even looking for things. I was just working on myself and like reorganizing the way that I saw things in my life. And like, I think it was that break and like that forced discomfort that really helped me to get there. I always say like discomfort is something I really love because it's when you get to know yourself the most. And like, it was really uncomfortable for me to not date because like I really relied on that for my whole life. And like, for whatever reason, I mean, my mom met my dad when she was 21 and like, she always had boyfriends and whatever. And like, maybe like watching her I thought that I was supposed to do that too. And then when I didn't reach the milestone of meeting the person I was going to marry when I was 21, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? That has nothing to do with my mom or my parents. They're in a happy relationship to this day and like the best relationship I've ever seen. But it's like her path didn't need to be my path. She never even told, she was the one that told me to stop dating. But I think I was just like looking at their relationship as the one that I was supposed to model my life around. But like, I would be fine being single for my whole life at this point. Like I just, I like really like my life and like, I love my boyfriend. I'm like, I want to be with him forever. Like right now, I'm not a big forward thinking person, but like I like in my brain right now, that's what I want. But I also know that I would be fine being single forever because of how like much work I've done (laughs) to like, like who I am when I'm alone. When you and Avery went on your first date, was it like immediately I like him or did you have to go like, did you like go on like a second and then it kind of grew? It's so funny that you asked because it's like it was kind of interesting. So our first date, I didn't like immediately like him, but I knew that we were going to fall in love. I am a very spiritual person, so Mm -hmm. I'm not religious like at all, but I'm very like, I don't even know how to say this without sounding like crunchy. (laughs) Whatever. I'm very like spiritually connected person. Like I get premonitions. Like I have really, really strong gut instincts. And like I was just sitting there. I didn't even have like any urge to like I wasn't like sitting there like, oh my God, I want to fuck you. Like I wasn't sitting there like, oh my God, I'm in love with him. I'm obsessed. I didn't have butterflies. I felt really comfortable. Like literally like you and I are sitting here right Mm -hmm. now chatting, like just somebody that I'd known for 20 years. When I left, I just gave him a hug goodbye and he asked me on a second date and I just walked away and I was like, I should probably cut off on my hoes now or like tell them they're done because like we're fully falling in love. And like I've told him this now and obviously he didn't feel that way. That's crazy. Like nobody feels that way. And it's interesting because it wasn't like I even liked him yet. I just knew what was coming. Like I could predict. And then I think by like our third or fourth date, I was really like, okay, I really like him now. But like, it took a little while. And I I always say that comfort is really more important than like immediate attraction. And 
this is just a me thing. And I have slept with people on the first date. I have hooked up with people on the first date. I think it's weird to expect to put your tongue in somebody else's mouth that you just met on a first date. Like, I actually like don't want your mouth near mine on a first date. Like, <laughs> yeah. I fucking don't know you. And like, when I am making out with someone in a bar, that's like, that is what I'm thinking of. Like, when I'm in a bar gonna make out with a stranger, it's like, I wanna put your tongue in my mouth. I'm drunk and we're in a bar. I wanna go home with you. I'm blacked out and in a bar. Like, we wanna do this. Like, this is what's happening. That's where my intention is. But when I'm meeting somebody on a first date and like having a lovely conversation and drinking and eating or doing whatever, I'm not thinking like, let's just like kiss right now. Like that's a totally lot for me. Totally different vibes. I think it's weird. Yeah. I just, it's not my thing, but like not to yuck anyone's yum. And yes, I have done it. I think everybody has, but like we didn't kiss on our first date. And I'm so happy that we didn't because I just like wasn't, I was like, I don't want to kiss someone I don't know. Yeah. You, like, it was, no. And I wasn't sober, but it wasn't like I was like drunk on a night out, like looking to make out. It was like, I was on a date getting to know somebody and I wasn't really ready to just like, let's kiss. Like, yes. I so I just hugged him goodbye. <laughs> It's so crazy that you say that about the like, the like premonition, like feeling something. I, every single person besides one, cause one like grew for the most part, every guy that I've ever dated, like seriously a long-term or it's been like a bigger thing. When I meet them, I can tell like yeah. immediately I'm like, we're going to date. Even if I don't like them, yeah. like even I'm like, I just like have it. And even so there's been times where it's like a year later, like yeah. it's just very, I'm like, I, then I'm like, oh, maybe I was wrong. And then nope. It happens. It's really yeah. crazy. Okay, last question. This is a really hot topic. What do you do when you hate your best friend's boyfriend? Okay, I have a hot take on this. So my only time that you're ever allowed to intervene is if your friend is being emotionally or physically abused or manipulated, period, or sexually. Otherwise, it has nothing to do with you. I am so sorry. Like, he's not your boyfriend. First of all, your friend's boyfriend is not supposed to be your friend. He's not in the group chat. He's not coming to the girls' nights. Like, if she's acting like you're under him and like she's not spending as much time with you anymore, you can simply bring it up to her and she's like, we miss you, whatever. We're so happy you're happy. We, we miss you. But if you genuinely hate him and he's not doing anything really wrong, I'm so sorry. That has nothing to do with you. Like, I hate to say it, but like it really bothers me when people are like, I hate my friend's boyfriend. What do I do? I'm like, literally nothing. As long as he's not hurting her, like nothing. And I, it's a hot take, but it's like, he wasn't meant to be your friend. He's not dating you. You're not dating him. Yeah. You have no idea. What, also opinion based. Literally, you have yeah. no idea what, what she sees in him. Like, so many times I've met my friends, boyfriends have been like, I don't really like him. And then I pulled back and realized, no, not everything's about you. You wouldn't date him because he's not right for you because you're not her. But he treats her wonderfully. He loves her. She loves him. So yeah, because you wouldn't date him. Like, I think a lot of times we look at like our friends, significant others, and we're like, I would never date that person. It's like, good, you're not. Exactly. Like, that's, that's it, the point. <laughs> this annoys me so fucking much. Like, yeah. obviously, if your friend is like misbehaving in the relationship and she's like not prioritizing you guys, obviously, that's a reason to say something. But what I'm talking about is like, He's not in the group chat. Like, you're, when are you going to see him? When he comes over to sleep over, maybe, if you're running Tim in the kitchen, on a birthday party, at a pregame. Like, you don't even need to talk to him. Like, he's not your friend. He never was. Like, I don't get it. Don't waste your brain space on them. Just What do you do if they're being, like, emotionally manipulated? Like, manipulated? I think you just have to, like, sit down and be like, we're really, really worried about you. Like, and as somebody who's been in sort of, like, emotionally abusive relationships in the past, like, sometimes you can't see it. And I think that there's like, there's different levels, obviously. Like if things are like really, really dangerous and bad, like you're going to have to like get their parents involved, call mm -hmm. hotlines, like do what you need to do. But if it's like on a smaller scale, I think you just need to sit them down and be like, we're just genuinely worried about you. And like, we really don't want to like get up from this conversation until like we can like get to like conclusion about this. Cause like, this is scaring us. And like, we're not, 
I think something that's really important to remember is that you can be in an abusive relationship and still love the person. I think that's what's so hard is that like people love their abusers. They're in love with them for a reason. Like people trust them. Like it's really difficult to like bridge that topic with somebody who's in an abusive relationship. And I think you have to like, you can't just go into it being like, he sucks. He's terrible. He's hurting you. I think you have to be like, we get that you love him. Like we want to start there. Like we know you love this person. We know you trust this person. We believe you when you say that there are good qualities, that there are good times, but we're also really worried about you. And like, we're frankly scared. I think you can't lead with like, this person is horrible. Cause yeah. then that, per- then your friends are like, then your friend is literally just gonna be like, I'm just going to go run back to them. Cause at least they make me feel hard. And you guys are just like attacking me. They're put on the defense at that yeah. point. Yeah. It's hard too, because I feel the same. I know I've said that so many times this yeah. episode, but I feel the same way about like if your friend is dating someone and there's nothing that they're doing wrong. Like you just don't like him because you don't like his personality or you yeah. don't whatever. Like that doesn't matter. It's none of your business. Like you need to be happy for them. But I do think there is a, when it comes to like, obviously like emotional manipulation or anything further, like that's obviously a totally different conversation. Yeah, It is hard because it, can really hinder your friendship with them. Yeah. So the way in which you do it has to come from a very loving place and not from a place that's like, we know more than you or yeah. he's wrong or we hate him or whatever. Also like, just like ask questions. Yes. And like the script that you gave basically is perfect. Like yeah. it's just don't put them on the defense because again, they find comfort in that person. They're going to run to that person and that's going to like drive you further away. Yeah. So then potentially there's no help. So the way in which you communicate is incredibly important. Literally. Agree. Perfect. Okay, well, we recorded a swap, guys. So if you're done listening to this, go listen to Eli's podcast. But where can they find you other than that? Okay, so my name is Eli. My TikTok is The Jar with two R's. My Instagram is Eli.Rallo. And then my podcast is Miss Congeniality, but it's linked to my Insta. So if you find that, you'll find the podcast. I love it. My favorite follow literally ever. So everyone go Ah. follow her. (laughs) I love you. This was so fun. I love you so much, Ah. actually. Love you. All right, y'all. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, leave a nice rating, review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, TikTok. You guys can always watch this on YouTube. The show is fully on YouTube. It's also a video show. But anyways, I love you guys so much. And I will talk to you next Thursday. Don't forget to enter the giveaway by commenting on my Instagram. And we'll be sending a breadwinning housewife hat or a tumbler to one of you guys. Bye.